Hello beautiful and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, Finding Fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding Fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility. But what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Hi, welcome back to Finding Fertility. I'm here with Erin. I'm super excited to have her on because she is a wealth of knowledge how to revitalize your hormones and really get down to the root cause of what's going on. So welcome to the podcast, Erin. Thank you for having me. Yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the space of helping women, you know, rejuvenize themselves through this. Um, I first got into nutrition. I was uh, struggling for like 13 years with disordered eating, um, anorexia and bulimia. So uh, like 15 years ago, I went to school to get uh, my degree in nutrition and dietetics because I have the belief that so many women carry around, which is like my body is a project. There's something fundamentally wrong with me. So I have to work on this thing and fix this thing. And I thought, how better to fix myself than to study nutrition. So I um, went through the conventional dietetics program and came out on the other side, not fixed and not healed. So I was still really struggling with disordered eating. Um, And that's when I started to poke around and explore alternative health. And back then functional nutrition wasn't a thing. There was no name for it. Honestly, functional medicine wasn't even a term at that point. So I really had to kind of slap together, piece together my own healing journey, my own recovery. And, um, I did so thank God and, um, ended up later on in life, getting diagnosed with an autoimmune illness after I gave birth to my daughter seven years ago. So that kind of really prompted a whole other healing journey. Um, especially after being so medically gaslit by so many of my healthcare providers, just being told over and over and over again, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. You're completely fine. Your lab work is normal. And knowing deep down inside that something, that things weren't okay, but just being told time and time again, like you can't, like, you don't know your body, right? You can't, you're not to be trusted. Your intuition is not to be trusted. Um, But fortunately, I'm very tenacious and I um, really fought for and advocated for myself and getting answers. And that's how I received a diagnosis. And um, that's really the type of woman that I work with today is just knowing that something's not right, just not feeling right. And being told over and over and over again by conventional medicine that like, yeah, we don't know what's wrong with you. And it's probably all in your head, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yes. I'm going to step back. So when you decided to go to school for nutrition, 
what you learned in that school, does it still resonate with you today? Or do you have a different outlook after um, maybe finding functional medicine or even after your autoimmune issue? I will say that I'm very grateful and fortunate that I have the science background that I did. Um, I think there's a lot of people in the nutrition world or in the functional medicine space that don't have an undergrad degree in, in science. And that's a little bit disconcerting to me just because we're dealing with human bodies and we should have a deep fundamental knowledge of systems and mechanisms within the body. However, um, I, it was very black and white and I didn't find there was a lot of space for questioning. And I'm a questioner. So I have a lot of questions. I want to understand how things work. I want to know why we, why we give the recommendations that we do. And I was told time and time again, essentially like, this is the way we do things because this is the way we do things this is the way it's always been done. And there wasn't a lot of space for, um, for questioning. I remember one time one of my uh, peers told me to like be careful of my soapbox. Like you sound like you're on a soapbox right now. And that's when I realized I'm like, you know what? I'm actually going to build a bigger soapbox and yell out loud for the cheap seats in the back, you know, because people need to hear this and we have to question, you know, yeah. it, the second we stop questioning, the second we stop saying, why are we doing it this way is, is the second that we're, we're dead in the water, right? We stop helping people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, just within the functional medicine side of it, like I've seen a lot of um, nutritionists who train classically and maybe were doing all the classical things and still being sick, you know, or developing autoimmune issues or dealing with PCOS and like almost getting diabetes because they were doing all the things that they learned in school and then kind of realized like, yeah, like you say, like the, the, the deep knowledge of the body and all that, like super helpful. But yeah, I've seen like this shift of like, okay, that doesn't resonate with me anymore of like where I went to school or what they taught me. Um, so yeah, just really interesting. Um, this is one of my big things for everyone listening and for my clients is that I know our ultimate goal is to see those two pink lines get pregnant. Um, but you know, my, I, I have a heavy message of you have to realize that your health can take a massive nosedive during pregnancy if you don't at least try to support those underlining issues because pregnancy is a major event. Like, I don't think we grew up in a society that um, really honors what pregnancy is and, you know, what that, what that happens or what, like how your baby basically steals everything from you. <laughs> um can you go like a little bit more maybe into your own journey of like um, developing that autoimmune issue after, I don't know if you said during pregnancy or after the pregnancy and maybe just your thoughts about how other people can maybe support themselves um, during that time? Yes. Um, so the, there, there's massive fluctuations and shifts in the immune system when we're pregnant and it makes good sense why that's happening. So it's not uncommon for autoimmune issues to flare postpartum. So there's usually with, with autoimmunity, there's usually some type of precipitating event with that's either stressful or traumatic 
or there's some type of exposure. And sometimes that precipitating event can actually be pregnancy, which doesn't, it's not to say that pregnancy caused the autoimmune illness. It's just that there's so much happening that your body need to, needs to deal with. Like you said, it's a major event um, that that could be the thing that kind of just makes the bucket fill up and overflow, right? That can be the thing that just kind of tips everything over. It's like the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back. And so that was really my situation is that I went through this like huge body shift and then um, wasn't sleeping on, on the other side of it. So my kiddo was not a sleeper. She didn't sleep for two years. And so that is, you know, wildly traumatic for the body as well. So it's that just kind of concoction that really that really kind of tipped the scales over. But I'll also say that I was really ripe for the picking. So my history kind of, um, you know, I, I feel that our, our belief systems and our life experiences and trauma can really inform our biology and our bodies. And I am a product of alcoholism uh, or my, <laughs> not myself, but my parents, right? So I was a child of alcoholism, I guess I should say. So that I had some, you know, some childhood trauma. I, with the eating disorder, you know, I, I had a lot of self-flagellation, a lot of negative self-talk. I am a type A perfectionist. I put a lot of internal, internalized stress on myself. And, you know, if you think about autoimmunity, it's self-attack, right? The body gets a little confused. The immune system gets confused and it starts to attack your own tissue. And I just feel that I have been very primed for that. All of my thoughts were self-attack thoughts. So hard on myself. I was so hard on my productivity levels. I was so hard on my body. I was so hard on my appearance. Every part about me, I picked up, you know, I just picked apart. And we live in a culture that teaches us to do that as women, that, that, that enforces that kind of message that like, you're not good enough. You'll never be good enough. Keep trying, keep striving, keep making sure that your entire existence is based on everybody else's comfort level and not your own needs. So all of this kind of primed the pump for my autoimmune illness. And I think that's really kind of one of my theories is that that's why autoimmunity is such an epidemic and why we see it more so with women than with men. Like the, the rates are much higher with women. And I think that has a lot, a lot to do with it. So I think for me, pregnancy was just, like I said, the straw that, that broke the camel's back. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I have um, a lot of secondary inf um, infertility um, followers and clients. And um, yeah, I do believe there that it was actually their their first pregnancy that tipped them over the edge. And now that their, their bucket is full, um, you know, I always say, you know, fertility is the last thing your body wants to deal with. It's trying to survive in so many different areas that when you're dealing with infertility, it's telling you I'm not healthy enough. I'm not strong enough to do what I, I need to do to, you know, grow a child. Um, but I think we've just grown up in the society that just, you know, like you say, like you get like, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. Your test results are fine. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. And you know, your body is always sometimes whispering, but a lot of time yelling <laughs> like, hey, stop, you know, just take a step back and yeah, relax. And I know no, no one wants to hear that. No one wants to hear just relax. 
Well, I mean, it's it, we're taught at such a young age to divorce ourselves from those communication systems from our body, right? We're taught that our needs are not valid. So like, you know, be a good little girl, don't cry, right? That's something yeah. that we hear from a very young age. We, we start to, like any of our, um, our cravings, our hunger, it's like we, we learn how to chew gum or drink seltzer instead of actually eat, right? Because your hunger is not something to be trusted. Our sexual desire are wrong, bad, dirty. You should be ashamed of that. So all of these primal urges that we have to, to cry, to emote, to eat, to, to you know, to, to have these feelings, we're, we're told no, wrong, yeah. bad, like kind of cut off at the source. And then we start to, um, you know, menstruate and we have even bigger feelings and bigger physical reactions. And then we're taught to just go on a pill mm -hmm. to stop all of that. We completely divorce ourselves from our own body's needs, our own cyclical nature. And, you know, no wonder why we're in this situation where we can't trust ourselves. No wonder why we're in this situation where we can't listen to our messages, our body's whispers until they become screams. Yeah, exactly. So your own journey with your autoimmune issue, is that what really led you to do the work you do now today? Um, yeah, definitely, for sure. That's really what kind of like entrenched me in the functional medicine space uh, because I didn't have any answers. I think when we get a diagnosis, um, it can feel extremely validating because especially if we've been searching for years and years and years, um, like a lot of people with chronic illness do. So we feel like, oh gosh, I finally have something to sink my teeth into. I knew it was wrong. It feels so validating. But unfortunately that diagnosis is really often the start of the journey, not the end of the journey. Cause it's yeah. like, now what? I was told that my, my autoimmune illness could kill me unless I was on pharmaceutical drugs for the rest of my life, which turned out not true. Um, but I had to, I had to figure out, and I felt very, very isolated and very alone. And like, I had to kind of chart out my own path because I didn't have a lot of support. Um, and so that is absolutely what led me, led me down the path of of the functional medicine world. Yeah, I can totally relate. I mean, um, I once was told by an OBGYN that um, the whole autoimmune and fertility link was um, not proven science and just basically laughed at me. And I said, you know, I wish I had the, the guts to say to her, like, I don't care if it's a witchcraft, it works. Like it's working, you know, I never got pregnant before and now I am and like you there was no information out there um related with the autoimmune to fertility issues or that your adrenals matter that your gut mattered that your thyroid mattered so with your women um what is kind of like the first kind of step that you try to empower them with um, it really depends on where people are coming from. So I've been doing this work for like a decade now. So I kind of have people, you know, like all walks of life. Right. Um, but the, the very first place that I start is honestly, is making sure that people are eating enough because I still have people coming to me eating like 1200 calories a day or 1500 calories a day. I'm like, cool. My seven year old eats more than you. So like, let's get you fueled appropriately. I just feel like we have all these, like, you know, we just, keep putting more and more and more on our plates. We keep asking ourselves, our bodies to do more and more and more and set these high expectations. And yet nobody's fueling themselves appropriately. Like mm -hmm. your body 
food, right, to function. So that's usually the, the starting point, making sure that we're fueling ourselves appropriately, we're getting enough food, balancing out blood sugar. It's such like an unsung hero blood sugar because you, there, you have no chance in hell at balancing your hormones if your blood sugar is a dysregulated mess, right? So I would say from a food perspective, those are the, the first two places to start. Uh, to start from a lifestyle perspective, we have to evaluate stress. And I know it's like, we've heard it time and time and time again, and nobody wants to hear it anymore. But like neuroendocrine health is everything. Like how your nervous system functions is everything, right? You cannot heal or repair anything from top to tail unless your nervous system is regulated. So that's kind of an ongoing process for a lot of people. I would say those are like the, the, the top three ch chief things I start with. Right. Yeah. It's, um, I feel like food is the easy part and I, Food's always the easy, part. right? Like out of sight, out of mind, like discovering the food tolerances might be a little bit tricky, but when you have to sit with yourself and deal with all your BS that you've been pushing down, that's when, you know, we shut off and we move away and we don't do those things. And, you know, I always try to instill in them, like, your belief pattern is going to set you up to what you have to do physically, right? Like it's not the positive thinking. You can't just sit there and think your autoimmune issue away. You have to do physical things on this earth. But um, if you start changing up your mindset um, and then obviously it just trickles down to everything, right? Your, your whole, your whole system, your gut health, your hormone health. We, I, um, my wedding song was talking heads. This must be the place feet yeah. on the ground, head in the sky. I feel like that's how I approach my health, my life, my practice. We have to do the practical action steps. Mm -hmm. Like, right. We have to do the practical strategies. We have to eat a whole foods and low inflammatory diet. We have to get sleep. We have to do the boots on the ground work. And also we have to open up to the fact that our thoughts matter, our thoughts inform and dictate our bodies. And there are other forces at play and whatever your belief system, you know, it doesn't matter where your belief system falls, but there are other forces at play. We have to kind of open up to something greater than ourselves. And if we rise to the challenge, that's like the beauty and the gift of chronic health struggles is that it is teaching us what we need to learn, why we came here on this earth. It's teaching us the lessons that we need to learn. Um, it's a real ride, you know, it's not, it's not for the faint of heart, but I've learned more about myself through my health challenges than, than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. It pushes you to, yeah. The outer limits that I always say you become a better mom because of it, you know, like you pregnancy is the ultimate goal, but when you realize that you're breaking the, the trauma cycle that you went through and all not putting all your subconscious beliefs on your children, because that's, you know, what trauma is or can be, um, that the infertility journey or the, the health crisis journey can be extremely life-changing. Yeah. Which is, it makes us more aware. So we stop operating from places of wounds, like our wounded places. We stop operating from places of limiting beliefs and we just become aware of these patterns. Right. Yep. And so, right. We don't, we don't perpetuate them in our, in our offspring. That is the hope in the dream. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so amazing to talk to you. I know you have something super cool coming up. So can you tell our listen, listeners about that? 
Um, yes. Well, I have a couple of things. So if you have practitioners that listen to the show, I run my own uh, functional medicine training. It's called the Functional Nutrition Academy. And we'll, we will be onboarding new students in September. So you can go to the Functional Nutrition Academy dot com um, website and check it out. It's functional spelt with a K, just like my podcast. Uh, but then if you're if you're not a practitioner, um, I do run your hormone revival. It's a three-month hormone rebalancing program. I run that twice a year. And so the next one is coming up in September as well. So you can check that out. Oh, cool. We'll uh, make sure to put both of those in the show notes so people can easily access them. And where can they just find you on a daily basis? Daily basis, you can find me on Instagram, The Functional Nutritionist, uh, spelled with a K. And then my podcast, I, I do a weekly show. Um, that's The Functional Nutrition Podcast. Great. Oh, well, I will make sure that is all in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us today. Great um, connecting with you. And thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for having me. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast. Hello, beautiful.